For over a thousand years, Western civilization has been stuck in a dark age of sexual repression and misinformation. We get an oversexed overload from the media, but nothing in the way of honest, helpful, practical information on sex and how to do it right. That sucks, and I'm fucking sick of it. My name's JV Althoras, and I've spent a couple decades learning everything I can about how to have amazing sex and more of it. Not in a classroom like a lot of people who talk about sex. I learned it all in the gutter, right where mom told me I'd end up. It's my mission to bring an end to the sexual dark age with brutally honest talk and education on all aspects of sex and sexuality, in an atmosphere that will keep you entertained without treating you like an idiot. Shara and I are not doctors. Certifiable, perhaps, but not certified in any way. And that means we don't have to talk about vaginas and penises to maintain academic credibility. You got a problem with a vagina? Call a gynecologist. You want to learn more about pussies and cocks and how to make them happy? You've come to the right place. Ending the Sexual Dark Age is now sponsored by the Internet's most trusted name in adult toys. A happy pussy likes to play more often. AdamandEve.com is offering you guys half off on your choice of thousands upon thousands of vibrators and dildos and cock rings and strap-ons, nipple clamps, porn DVDs, butt plugs, pocket pussies, anything else you can imagine to either get yourself off or have some fun with your playmate. As always, we highly recommend making sex toys part of your sex life. And right now, AdamandEve.com is only asking for one chance to impress you. They're offering an awesome deal in support of ending the sexual dark age. And the whole thing goes a little like this. By typing dark age, all one word, for the offer code at checkout, you will get 50% off the most expensive item in your cart, with a few exceptions, free shipping, three free porn DVDs, and a sexy free mystery gift. Free DVDs are selected randomly and added to your order before they ship. AdamandEve.com is willing to damn near pay you to get off. So stop by, enter D-A-R-K-A-G-E at checkout, and proceed to collect on an awesome deal. Or just follow one of the links on SexualDarkAge.com. Welcome to episode 35, another journey into the mailbag. We've had some themes cropping up in the mailbag and on the website recently, which should make for a couple of fun advice line shows. There were a couple sex and religion items that didn't make it into this show, but we'll be getting into them on the next Advice Line episode. First off, we've got a bit of a quickie. Mario shared the worst piece of sex advice that he ever got. When he was eight, his father told him never to do anything he wouldn't do in front of his grandparents. That's creepy on so many levels, I can only imagine what went through the mind of an eight-year-old. So thanks for sharing that, Mario, and if anyone else out there has got some terrible sex advice that they've gotten over the years, we would love to hear it. Next, we have a BDSM question from Anubis, who writes, I have been talking with a sub on the phone and by texts, and I've been having a great time with her and being her dom, but I can tell she wants a little, and I cannot give that to her because I'm married with a family. My wife knows about this girl and is fine with it, but she does not want it to go past the phone and text. So what can I do to help my sub find a dom that will give her what she wants? So Anubis, what you're talking about here is mentoring, which has a rich history in the kinky community. It's not uncommon for mentoring to be non-sexual, and I'd be lying if I said it was easy to do by remote control. It's also a big responsibility since helping a sub find a dominant has pretty heavy implications on the sub's long-term well-being. Normally, the mentor would spend some time with the potential dominant to form a thorough opinion about them. That's not possible here, which makes this aspect of mentoring tricky. If I was trying what you're proposing, I'd start with FetLife. Get her on there with a profile that shows you as her mentor. Put a statement in there that anyone who wants to be on her friend list also needs to be on yours. Join some of the geographically based groups for your area and get to know some of the local kinksters online. Anyone who's been in the community for any period of time is going to have some idea what it means to approach a sub who's got a mentor. 
Make sure you spend time getting to know anyone she ends up interested in, including checking out their FetLife statuses and past group posts to get an idea of who they are as a person. You should be looped in on any messages or emails between the sub and any prospective dominant. And also, if you're going to mentor effectively, you need to have the right to sign off before any meetings in person, and there should never be play until a second encounter. It's always a good idea to have a safety call set up for first encounters with anybody you meet online, kinky or not. In this case, that would be regularly scheduled calls to you to let you know everything's alright, plus a call to you when the first date ends. As I said earlier, mentoring is a serious responsibility and can be very time-consuming. So think carefully before you commit yourself to the path. Just think, if you help her pick a dom and it goes off the rails, you're going to feel like an asshole. Also, your wife is being very open-minded, so make sure she doesn't wind up feeling neglected. Be careful to give her at least as much attention as you're giving the submissive. Let us know how it all works out, and feel free to ask any follow-up questions. Anubis also shared an accidental anal experience that he once had with his wife. On that one, he writes, I've had the misfortune of sticking it in the wrong hole before. My wife and I were having sex missionary with me holding her legs up almost over my shoulders, and I was pulling all the way out and shoving my cock all the way back in. I'm still not sure how it happened. One of us moved just a little, so my next thrust shoved my cock all the way up to the balls into her ass. It has to be one of the worst things I've ever done to my wife, and I cannot understand how any guy could ever do that to their girl on purpose. It took years after that, but my wife is now willing to take it in the ass and likes it. I was hoping you would cover a bit more about pegging and anal play on men, since it's something my wife and I love to do. In fact, it's a new rule I have that any guy that wants to fuck his girl in the ass has to be willing to be bent over and pegged first. Well, Anubis, in those circumstances, I can definitely see accidental anal happening. Let that serve as a reminder to the rest of the guys. The pulling all the way out with each stroke thing can be really hot, but be sure to keep one hand on the tool for aim and line up each shot. As far as pegging and more stuff about ass play for guys, I do intend to cover that in detail on a future show. I'm personally not really into ass play, so I'd like to get a male guest on who can speak with more experience and enthusiasm on the topic. That brings us to Indiana, who writes, I'm in desperate need of advice on anal sex. I had a previous casual partner who was amazing at getting me to relax when it came to anal play. I didn't want to take our relationship to the next level, but he did, and we ended up going our separate ways. I'm married now to a different man, and we can't seem to make anal work. We've tried all sorts of lubes, relaxation techniques, with condoms, without condoms, fingers, toys, you name it, it's been done. He's 7 inches in length with over 6 inches of girth, and I'm a pretty small girl at 5'3", 105. His previous girlfriends were fairly straight-laced and wouldn't dream of giving blowjobs, much less being fucked in the ass. This is not something he has much experience with, but he's always very patient and gentle when we do try. He's the third person I've tried this with, but everyone else was much smaller than him. I think a part of the problem is with my submissive tendencies in the bedroom. I want nothing more than to please him, so when our attempted anal fails yet again, I can get very anxious and concerned. He always reassures me that we can try again later, but I can't help feeling like a disappointment. I can't figure out where to go from here. It would be really wonderful if my husband and I could add anal to our list of options, especially when Mother Nature brings that monthly gift. I hate the traditional intercourse is out of the question for an entire damn week, so I make it a point to give extra blowjobs and try to keep our large sexual appetite in check. However, I'm not satisfied without penetration. Blowjobs and clip play just leave me wanting more. I need something that leaves me shaking and speechless. I'm going to come at these issues from a couple of angles. Your husband has a pretty big dick, so it's not surprising that a small girl would have some trouble taking it in the ass. First, I want to address the stress you're feeling. I understand where you're coming from, and feeling like a sexual failure is particularly hard on a submissive. I can tell you with a high degree of confidence that you are not disappointing your husband. 
Think about this from the male point of view for a minute. He's got a wife who is just dying to find a way to take it in the ass more often. You're so dedicated to this pursuit that you've contacted a team of professional perverts to ask for help. I believe I can speak for the entire Cocksmiths Guild when I say your husband is just fine. In fact, he's probably better than fine. When he's telling you it's fine and you can try again later, in the back of his mind somewhere he's thinking, yeah, my girl really wants my cock in her ass. If his friends knew, he'd gain man points for inspiring such dedication. So take my word for it. You can stop stressing about disappointing him. At this point, you're probably preemptively stressing about it before you get started, and that's definitely not helping the situation. It sounds like you have tried all the basics, but I do have a few suggestions for where to go next. In episode 34, I mentioned Dr. Jack Morin's Guide to Anal Pleasure and Health. It's way more comprehensive than I can be on the show, and by checking a couple of decent references, you can make sure you've really tried all the common methods of relaxation and prep. If you'd rather have something more visual, Tristan Tarmino just finished a video called The Expert's Guide to Advanced Anal Sex. If you're not familiar with Tristan, she's a well-known anal sex expert who also has a book on the subject called The Ultimate Guide to Anal Sex for Women. There will be links to both books on Amazon in the show notes, as well as a link to the pre-order page for the video, which is not out yet. Since one of the roots of Indiana's question here surrounds getting some penetration while she's bleeding every month, I'm going to jump to another closely related item for another option entirely, bringing me to a website post by a lady calling herself not sure what I want. She writes, I'm wondering what it's like in your bed during that time of the month. Do you avoid sex then? Do you just do anal or oral? Do you not care and just go for it regardless? And if so, not to be gross, how do you deal with the mess? This question made me realize I probably should have talked about menstrual sex way back in the beginning of this project, but I didn't, and there's no time like the present. As far as my personal policy on sex when Aunt Flo's in town, if I claim a pussy is mine, I refuse to consider it closed for maintenance up to 25% of the time. I just can't do it. My brain doesn't work that way. And that's not just for my benefit. Many women get dramatic quality of life improvements from getting fucked while they're bleeding. Orgasms are shown to relieve PMS, cramping, and rebalance hormone levels, which helps with mood swings. In addition, a lot of women are hornier than ever when they're bleeding, and in my experience, they tend to come faster, harder, and more often. And I'd risk losing my guild membership if I let all that go to waste. Many people choose to draw the just plain nasty line at menstrual sex. That's a perfectly reasonable position to take if you so choose. I choose to draw the line at unprotected oral and consider the pussy itself open for business. If you're hesitant, using a condom might help you get past the ick factor. And not that most people would go there in the first place, but unprotected pussy licking is a bad idea. Menstrual blood is a waste product, and it can come out all clumpy and clotted and nasty sometimes. However, add a dental dam or a piece of uh, saran wrap, garden variety cling wrap to the mix, and you can lick pussy virtually unobstructed and probably get her off even harder than you usually do. As far as penetration, obviously there can be a mess to deal with. Any blood on its way out is going to mix with natural lube. Depending on flow, you can definitely get some splashing, but there are a few easy options for dealing with that particular mess. For general use, I have a set of big fluffy maroon bath towels that I use for furniture condoms. Dark red or black towels will hide blood stains, so you can keep them set aside and get years of use out of them without having anything laying around that looks like a refugee from a crime scene. Sex in the shower is also a good possibility since any mess is washed away immediately. All that said, there is a way to deal with the mess that you've probably never thought of. Credit for this particular stroke of fucking genius goes to a former playmate of mine, and it is the humble diaphragm. She was on birth control but had a diaphragm solely for sex while she was bleeding. 
She'd put it in, clean herself up, and we'd get a good couple hours to lick and suck and fuck like it was any other day. I never even got a hint of a taste of blood while I was going down on her, and I call this a 100% solution. She told her gynecologist exactly why she wanted it, got safe use guidelines from the doc, and I honestly don't exactly remember those. Since you need a doctor to get a diaphragm in the first place, this is definitely something you want to be upfront about so you can get good medical advice for your circumstances. Whatever method of mess control you might choose, menstrual sex is a fantastically healthy thing for women, and I strongly encourage it. To Indiana, maybe you can find a way to get the penetration you're looking for, even if you can't make the anal thing work. Next up, Sheltered Beyond Belief writes, Here's my question. How the hell do women get pleasure from masturbation? Background. 18-year-old female has found no pleasure in the few tries at masturbation or the one-time try at sex. Has had only two boyfriends and never really gone further than kissing, one exception is mentioned above. And worried about body's functions or lack thereof. Well, Sheltered, I'm going to assume, because you've only tried masturbation a few times, that you were raised in a pretty sex-negative environment. That can leave a lasting mark and be a psychological challenge to overcome. Especially since your headspace is so much more crucial to your sexual pleasure than it is for men. It's way too soon to stress out about whether your body is working right or not. Your body is probably fine. At your age, the chances of finding a guy who actually knows how to use his cock are slim at best, and a few tries at masturbation won't even scratch the surface. At this point, if you're not feeling pleasure, you're probably not producing any lube of your own, and a dry rub only goes so far. In the future, you might want to consider using a drop of lube on your finger or a bit of saliva to get things started. In order to enjoy sex, you need to develop a relationship with your pussy. I guarantee it's trying to talk to you, but you've got to learn how to listen to it. You've got to figure out what turns you on, and that might take some time and some effort. Don't have expectations when you're playing with your pussy. Don't stress out about your body being broken or forcing it to feel good. Relax and you will get there. The first step is to build a mental spank bank for masturbation. Pay attention to what you're looking at or thinking about when your nipples randomly start getting hard or when you feel that little twinge between your legs. Those are your pussy's way of telling you what turns you on, and you should be making mental notes for later. I'd also suggest you start reading some erotica. More women than ever are getting off on porn these days, but women are especially responsive to the written word since it lets them conjure up their own fantasies. Try a few different authors and genres to see if anything strikes your fancy. If your pussy starts talking to you while you're reading, just reach down and play with it and go on reading. Somewhere, somehow, something is going to start feeling right. Overcoming a sex-negative upbringing can be a real challenge. Getting started often means accepting that what's between your legs isn't something dirty or mysterious like the sexual dark age would like you to believe. It's your companion on one of life's greatest adventures, and it will take years to get to know it thoroughly, but the journey is well worth it. Just be patient, open-minded, and try to practice a little whenever the urge strikes you. And now it's time to welcome Shara to the show. Hi. Shara has decided apparently she would like to start the podcast with my cock in her hand, which is, of course, just fine. I'm wondering why I haven't been doing this sooner. <laughs> well, as of now, so am I. <laughs> Normally, I talk about all the listener items in a monologue, and then we come back to them. Uh, this time, we're going to start out with something a little bit different. We have a listener out there who is so mad about the bell that he's looking for everywhere online that he can possibly post negative comments about it. Uh, started with a comment on iTunes that actually a listener responded to in a fairly funny way. And uh, then he posted the following on the website. I left a comment on iTunes, but I wanted to leave one here also. Stop using the bell. It is very distracting and not funny. You think it is funny, but the adult world thinks that it is childish. Great podcast, but can the bell. So... 
There, there are a few problems with this. I, I mean, the first one is obviously you've heard of type A personalities and I am a type A plus personality. No, and you're kidding me. Any, any concept that I would respond positively to something like this is just a flawed thought process. <laughs> uh, you know, we are always open to any and all listener feedback. Uh, it is more likely to be taken seriously when it is polite feedback. And this is actually probably the first time a listener has posted something that I would consider rude. I mean, if I, if I was one to become insulted, which I generally am not, <laughs> this might even be a little bit insulting, but I, it also kind of insults the rest of the listeners. Cause what this, uh, what this commenter obviously doesn't realize is that in the seven or eight months that we have been using the bell, he is the first negative comment out of hundreds. We have listeners all over Facebook and Twitter that are putting dings in their own tweets. I had somebody. Shari, you're going to, you're going to appreciate this. <laughs> I had somebody the other day ask me when I was going to put out a ding t-shirt. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to ask you, and I would think if you had gotten any negative feedback on the bell, I probably would have heard about it right away. You would have, because I would have said, see, there's somebody who doesn't like the bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've been saying for months that everybody but you likes it, and really this is <laughs> this yeah. is the first person trying to contradict that. <laughs> Maybe this person's just on my side and says, hey, no, poor girl, you know, she doesn't like the bell, so I'm going to write a comment. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I haven't received any negative comments, and uh, thank you for sharing that. Everyone has their own opinions, and um, I, you know, I know that uh, most of the listeners seem to like it. So I've, I've gotten to the point that I just go with the flow on it and say, okay, that bell's going to be there forever. Go with the flow, you know, that's kind of <laughs> foreshadowing some of the other things we're talking about. <laughs> Maybe that's why I thought it like that. Who knows? <laughs> so uh, everyone has their own opinion. So canning the bell, well. Again, I could put it out there. Does anybody think we should can the bell besides this one person? You know, like well, I did before, I, but I put yeah, it they, out there before and everyone came back with. <laughs> yeah, you've actually put it out as a, as a <laughs> humble begging request for somebody to dislike the bell. <laughs> Which is probably why everyone got, said no. You got the response of thunderous silence. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, thank you for putting it out there to everybody else. And again, you know. If other people think that, then we should look at that. Yeah, so uh, just to, to wrap up this this item, uh, we are always happy to have listener feedback on anything relating to sex or the show. Uh, I do not censor the listeners, I you know, unless something is way out of bounds and we've never had that circumstance. Uh, I'll post any comment that's made on the website. You know, I consider it to be there for free and open discussion, and I do not censor people who criticize us. Uh, I would, however, suggest that anyone, you know, who has negative feedback or anyone who wants to enact some sort of change in the way that I produce this show, I uh, should, should probably make an effort to be polite and, you know, not use in a condescending tone that is insulting to all of my audience, our audience, that absolutely loves the bell. All right, so moving on, the uh, first listener mail item that we talked, that I talked about today was Anubis, who is a longtime listener. Uh, Anubis has comments going back to very, very early in the show, and uh, he's asked for advice a couple of times, and we're always happy to see him come up again here. So, do you have anything to add to my suggestions about the challenging process of trying to mentor a sub without face-to-face contact? A couple things. I meant to look at at, uh, his Facebook page to see if there's any mention if 
him and his wife are in the lifestyle. He mentions that he's mentoring. I'm assuming that they are both in the lifestyle, the, the wife and he. Um, if they are, there's a couple of ideas there. Is one to include her, the wife, in the process of the mentoring of the sub. Um, I, I get asked to mentor submissives all the time. And um, I do it sometimes by, well, we know I have the Pink Mafia group, as we call it. Right. And, you know, I'll, I'll come to you and ask you for advice. Um, you've even offered to sit down with the Pink Mafia group and, you know. We provide the dominant perspective, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's one idea. I don't know if she's involved in the lifestyle or not, because if she is, that's one way that you can keep her involved. Another thing is you mentioned about uh, making sure to give his wife uh, as much, a, at least as much attention. And I think you need to give her more attention. Uh, that's my own, my own beliefs, because it, whether she's in the lifestyle or not, you need to make sure that she's really comfortable with the situation. It sounds like she's been okay with it. Um, so therefore she deserves a lot more attention in, in my opinion. That's what I would. Oh, uh, now, okay. Well, now, now your words lawyering, because at least as much and more are pretty much the same thing. Um, <laughs> as much at the bare minimum, but more. See, so yeah, at least. At least I got, I, <laughs> I, the way you worded it, I, I felt like, you know, she should get more attention than, well, I felt that too, and that's what I said. Okay, I missed that. <laughs> Maybe it's too early in the morning for me. That's okay. Maybe that is, it is a little bit er, is a little bit early on Sunday morning, and Shower hasn't gotten her cock yet. That's right, and you know, getting up and doing this without the cock first, you know, that's probably why I have the cock in my hand. Well, okay, that'll do it. <laughs> so maybe that'll be a lesson for us, you know, cock holding first in the morning, and then I can have cock after. <laughs> um, so let's see. One of the things that you mentioned was uh, Fet Life, which I think is a great idea. One of the things that I would look into is, uh, are the two of them in the same area? Because I didn't get that idea. Does he mention whether they're in the he same doesn't, area? He doesn't say anything one way or the other, so it's uh, it's an open question. Okay. Because if they're in the same area, and his wife is in the lifestyle, one of the things that they might be able to do is, if they're mentoring her, if they can mentor her together, is go to some lunches and, and things like that. Uh, one of the other options is to give up mentoring altogether, find her a mentor instead of another dominant. Um, oh, you know what? That, that didn't even occur to me, and that might be a solid choice. And I, I seem to recall, and Anubis can correct me on this if I'm wrong, I seem to recall that Anubis is exploring his dominant side but doesn't have a whole lot of experience. And I will always advise using caution when it comes to mentoring just because... When you don't have a lot of experience yourself, it can be difficult to do it effectively, and it is a very large responsibility. Mm -hmm. So that is a great idea, and that might be, you know, if he doesn't have the the time or the resources to make the commitment to doing this and doing it effectively, because it is a big time commitment. It is. Um, <clears throat> it might be a better idea for him to try helping find helping to find her a mentor, and uh, and kind of you know release that part of it to somebody who has the experience, but mostly, you know, the time and his ability to make, has the ability to make the time commitment to do it effectively and thoroughly. And there's some great mentors out there. So uh, even on FetLife, you know, you can find some decent ones and, and interview them and, and see, make sure how long they've been in the lifestyle. And like you mentioned, um, add, watch the groups that they belong to, watch their comments. You'll be able to tell whether or not they're a, a good dominant 
even if you do not have a lot of experience, if you're just ex if you're just exploring your dominant side, you'll see the respect that they get from the community. Somebody that's been around a long time uh, ha gets a ton of respect, and and you will notice that. So that's one of the options. But if he is just exploring, and I'd like to know, you know, I'd be interested in knowing that, and he wa is looking at exploring his own side to become more dominant. It's something that he might want to do along with his wife, and then she would get things out of it as well. All right. Now, one other thing that Anubis mentioned was just the story that he shared about his accidental anal experience with his wife, which is, <laughs> God, that, God I, that's just, that hurt just thinking about it. <laughs> it hurt me just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever had the accidental anal experience? No, that's because I'm quick to say, whoa, 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 wrong <laughs> hole. <laughs> wrong hole. <laughs> I'm so, very quick. When there. Shara's fucking someone new, she actually uses one of those portable stop signs like they use at crosswalks. <laughs> You have to have that go-ahead green light sign. If that stop sign's out there, then you better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we come to Indiana, uh, who is asking for advice uh, from a couple different angles, uh, but it kind of revolves around the fact that she loves sex while she's bleeding, and she, with a previous relationship, had done a lot of anal and oral, and anal is a challenge with her husband, who is obviously, you know, who intends to be her continuing a permanent relationship. And they have tried a lot, and she has not had a lot of success. Um, now, is there anything you want to say to her, A, from the submissive's perspective regarding anal? Um, I know that, you know, you've taken it in the ass for me a whole <laughs> lot more than you ever did from anyone else. But... Uh, did you have any real size challenges in the past? And was there anything that you did to make it work other than just liking the pain? I I think I may have shared this with you. And if not, well, we're going to do it right here on the podcast is <laughs> I've never done anal with anybody but you. Now, wait a second. That guy who didn't that guy who was mentoring you give you enemas and fuck you in the ass a couple of times. No, he did give me enemas, but he did not fuck me. Oh, So, so why was he giving you the enemas? Well, that's just... That's... that's Okay, that's just, Oh, yes. That's what, just what, more confusing. We, I, we all know how I felt <laughs> about that dominant, you know. He was he was very creative, very smart, um, but also uh, did things to me that, oh, you know, sometimes I look back and I go, he was just doing that for his pleasure and for my pain. <laughs> so, yes. So, no. You were well, my... That's, that's the actual sadist, which we try to warn people away from. Yes. Yes. The so one who enjoys inflicting pain, regardless of whether or not the submissive is enjoying it. There's a whole lot there about that whole relationship that, you know, I wouldn't want to put on a negative uh, podcast at this point. <laughs> but no, you're my first. All right. So... Uh, and I love anal with you. Uh, you know, I know you do. I do. <laughs> yes, I know, Val. Okay. <laughs> but I do. What can I say? Um, but Nipple check. <laughs> Oh, check those out. <laughs> <laughs> Partly because you're very good at it. So, you know, you take your time with me. Um, you're always very, very careful. And if I'm, you know, I'm not always in the right mood for it. Right. So. Um, well, and it's, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting that you say that because from your perspective, I am very patient. You say I'm very patient and gentle with you. You are. From my perspective. You like it when I just plow the thing in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, without any prep or anything else. So, 
Maybe we need to find you a bigger dick to take in the ass to see if we can figure out uh, figure out what kind of size you can handle. I oh, I look at that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that you're good at it. That's all I'm saying. Well, thank you very much. Well, you're very welcome. <laughs> as far as somebody being, you know, larger uh, and somebody being small, we know that I'm small in. The holes. Yeah, but your holes can take whatever I stuff in there. I, I know, but I'm just saying that, you know, she so- sounds like she tends to be, you know, oh, small as well. Blush grenade. <laughs> <laughs> so my point is, is that perhaps, uh, like you had mentioned, I, I think you gave some great advice is to take the time, um, don't rush it and keep working at it, but don't feel like you're failing him because... She's not. Yeah, that, you know, and that's that was... really the biggest key point. And it is, it's, it's a headspace that it is very easy for submissives to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they are having difficulty finding a way to comfortably and enjoyably do something that they desire, you know, so it can be a very big conflict for a submissive. It can, and, and it actually can deter you from, you know, making progress for yourself because you're so hell bent on making sure that you're making him happy that actually you're just stopping the progress for yourself. So if you're happy, he will be happy. And believe me, he's enjoying every moment of every time that you want to keep trying to make him happy. It's going to, you know, it, it, he's happy. He, I'm sure of it. So he's happy that you're even trying to please him. Yeah, for, he, for he's hiding shit-eating grins from you every time you stick your ass up in the air and say, hey, baby. You know. Let's try again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, darn it if I have to. Yeah, hey, know. baby, I, I read another book and checked another resource, and how about you try fucking me in the ass this way? Your man is thrilled. And you, <laughs> and you did give some great references uh, to check into. Uh, so if, you know, she can check those out. Uh, and also our medical advisor, maybe he can uh, tap into giving us some responses on this tap into. I like that. Um, <laughs> so maybe, you know, he could give us a little bit of uh, some advice on that, too, since I haven't had a whole lot of experience other than with you on the anal part of it all. But um, I know plenty of lube always does help. And lastly, for Indiana, you know, we uh, it, it's a, a lot of people primarily do anal in doggy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, try a few different positions, you know, yes. try like, uh, try a missionary with your legs up against his shoulders and him standing next to the bed, you know, try, uh, well, I guess that isn't really missionary anymore, but, <laughs> <laughs> but try a few different positions, uh, cause you may find, you know, you may find that some of them are less comfortable, but you may find some of them are more comfortable. And, uh, it's one thing that you didn't mention when you were listing different things you tried. So I thought I'd throw it out there. Well, just throw it out there. so and next on the related question indiana wanted to uh indiana is one of her big concerns is uh being able to get a proper thorough fucking while she's bleeding Mm, such a problem (laughs) oh really is that a problem for you (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) however i did learn something new by um by thanks to you and i didn't know that one of your um past uh fuckings uh and one of my past playmates playmates i'm so sorry what are your past one of my playmates past fuckings. <laughs> well wasn't it a fucking well it was, oh, was okay. you know, rather thorough and rather frequent because i yeah oh, um yeah so anyway <laughs> i um was uh i didn't know about using um 
I never told you about the diaphragm trick? No, I don't think so. I think, I mean, we've talked about her a, a lot, and I, I think I would have. Well, that's that's one of the, well, it, it's never really been an issue with you because you're not, you know, you're not stressed out by the mess. You Well, and are, if you take birth control pills, you you can eliminate that down to, for some people, a day or two at the most. And, you know. Right, but that's still a close for maintenance situation that I find unacceptable. Yeah, I as you I, are well aware. Yeah, and I just can't believe, <laughs> I just can't believe you haven't mentioned that to me. So Well, you know, the it's it's I've never really seen the need because actually you were the one I got the maroon towels for. So, <laughs> I just throw down the maroon towels and give you a fucking like it's any other day and we just go clean up afterwards. Yeah, that's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh your past experience with other guys, um, I am curious, what by and large have you run into as far as male attitudes towards menstrual sex? They would rather just stay away from it. For the mo- most part, they would like to just stay away from it. That's why the diaphragm thing is like, wow, you know? Well, when I when she first told me that, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was a stroke of fucking genius. I, me too. I, <laughs> I'd love to hear from a medical advisor on that too, as well as have you uh, heard of this before? Um, because I know that you mentioned, you know, that she received guidelines from her physician. Yeah, well, basically, the diaphragm seals the cervix. And for use as a contraceptive, it keeps sperm from getting in there. But, you know, it's not like menstrual blood is coming out at some high pressure. <laughs> it's just, it's just kind of, you know, trickling out as, you know, as it will on a given day. And the diaphragm will seal the cervix and keep the blood in. Now, you don't, she, we had a long discussion about what her gyno had, uh, had given her for guidelines about how long to keep it in, et cetera, et cetera. But I just don't remember any of that because it's too far in the past. Um, yeah, maybe a medical advisor could help us on that too. Yeah, maybe he couldn't. But in this case, I do always, you know, this is a, this is a case where anyone who's interested in trying this should get advice from their own doctor, mm-hmm. you know, that is, that is appropriate to their personal situation. But, uh, yeah, it was, you know, for a couple hours at a time, you know, an hour or two at a time. And that, I mean, that kind of makes sense. You know, I mean, it's not like your pussy squirting blood like a fire hose or something, you know, so back up a couple hours worth. It's, you know. It's, so look at that, Indiana, a couple hours worth of getting licked and sucked. And wow, that's kind of nice. A couple hours. Yeah. And Indiana, if your uh, if your man does not listen to the show, you know, that is the kind of surprise that will make a guy's whole life. Like, oh, by the way, baby, this bleeding thing isn't a problem anymore. <laughs> so you got a couple hours there, baby, to keep on licking me. <laughs> I think we ought to practice that just after we get off the show. You know, a couple hours, you know, I think it'd be fun. <laughs> you want a couple hours of pussy licking? Uh-huh. Yeah. You I think... think you could really handle a couple of hours? Yes, I could. Really? Really. What if I didn't wake you up every time you passed out? <laughs> well, then that wouldn't be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I pass out. I can't help it. <laughs> All right. So next we have Sheltered Beyond Belief, who is a young woman who is just starting to explore her sexuality. Mm. Um, she admits that she has only tried masturbation a few times and has only tried sex one time. And uh, this is kind of a, this is one of the symptoms of the sexual dark age. Um, after such limited sexual experience, she's already starting to worry whether or not there's something wrong with her body or not. No, yeah, well, definitely that, not. That was my response, but go ahead and you know say whatever you would say. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to admit, and I think I've admitted this before, I started very, very, very young, like, like very young, like seven years old, I think, maybe five, I don't know, but masturbating. <laughs> 
And I came from a very sheltered life too, but I found those little corners to hide in or go to the bathroom and, you know, had no problem with masturbation whatsoever. But for other people who uh, lead a sheltered life and as you get older, it's harder to hide if you're living at home uh, or if you're away at college and, you know, you have a roommate and so forth, it's it's a little bit more difficult. But I, I liked what you wrote. I, a couple things is paying attention to what turns you on, such as uh, yesterday, something we were doing um, ended up, my nipples just afterwards kept, I could feel them not only get that tingle feeling, um, but it, it goes through my whole body. Well, why did you not report this immediately? You know you're supposed to report these situations. <laughs> I know, but I, I forgot what you were doing, and you know, I, I was, did mean it, to mention it. Really, I was, it was something you found a little embarrassing. You just accidentally forgot to mention it, and now you can't remember? I was sitting at Mission Control when it happened, and <laughs> it just all of a sudden went through my whole body. So those are the things that I, I look for, and, and um, I think that maybe she needs to pay attention to what's turning her on. And if nothing's turning you on, then um, are you trying different things? Uh, you know, because masturbation for me is one of the greatest experiences, and I will never, ever be without it. And dildos, dildo world, here we come. You know, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's just a question of when, but it's going to happen. So I had to laugh because somebody I know um, that's on the vanilla um, was posting something and said look at what they have in the stores these days and it's just a rows and rows and rows of dildos and i had to laugh because you know i'm like she Looks has like no, my closet she has no yeah. <laughs> and she has no idea that you know i'm gonna have a dildo world one day and you could come in and you can browse in my store anytime and i will even give her freebies because she's just a sweetheart so anyway um I, I find dildos to relax me and if i'm having a very pressured day which doesn't happen very often thanks to you but um if i am having a pressure day if I pull out one of my favorite dildos and I'm just sitting there and I, I close my eyes and I'm imagining a favorite sex scene that we've had or that I want to do or, and next thing you know, I'm coming. So. Well, I mean, how, how many things can we put in front of that statement? <laughs> next well, thing you know, I'm coming. I was well, walking down the street and a stiff wind blew and next thing you know, I'm coming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and. Belinda and Aaron and all of our favorites out there are probably laughing at me right now. So I'm sure they are. Mandy and who has a birthday? She's one of my favorite people. Oh yeah, so sheltered. Uh, the the biggest thing to remember is that one, there's probably not anything wrong with your brain or your body. Two, your pussy already knows what it likes, and you need to listen to it so it can teach your brain. When you're really, really, really wet. Now you know that you found what it is that makes it all there and exciting. And, and there are some people who have trouble getting as wet, you know, I mean, there, there are people that really do have a, an, an issue getting, getting wet, but. Right. But it's, it's too, it's too soon to have any kind of concern. Right. Um, use a little bit of lube or a little bit of spit on your finger when you're playing with yourself. Um, and cause you're really kind of starting at ground zero, mm -hmm. you know, you, it doesn't sound like you're getting any pleasure at all, which probably means you're not getting any natural lube at all. Mm -hmm. So, uh, just, uh, just be patient, relax. Don't be in any kind of a hurry. Um, uh, you know, don't rush yourself or force yourself because you get it in your head that you've got to please some man or, or whatever. Get yourself on some solid footing for your personal sexuality alone in a room and you will interact with guys a lot better down the road. And if you have access to a computer in private and you can pull up some pictures, I mean, obviously if you share the computer at a home with a parent, that's probably not a great idea. Um, 
but uh, if you have access and like if you have a laptop and it's and you know only you and you password protect it, and you can go to FetLife to look at pictures or you know there's always different porn sites that we've listed in some of our previous episodes. Um, but you can get an idea of what makes you wet by looking at certain pictures. You know uh, what turns you on, and there's plenty of pictures on FetLife to give you ideas. There's certain ones that I go to and I go, wow, I love that picture. And next thing I know, I'm really wet. Yep, so we recommend an open-minded exploration of your own sexuality without mm-hmm. muddying it up with trying to please somebody else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, get yourself on some solid ground and uh, and, and fe- let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to you know feel free to contact us again. We love hearing follow up and watch for our listeners. Um, you know when this gets posted, you know listeners often give great advice too. So um, you know watch out for the uh, female. Watch, yeah, watch the blog post on the website. And you, yes, because you might see some great ideas for yourself. All right. So we got a little more than a handful of birthdays this this time. <laughs> we have Ketura on July 9th, Jennifer O on July 13th, Azumi, July 18th. And one of my favorites, Mandy, July 19th. Mark T, July 19th, Andrea P on July 21st. And I'm going to do my best on this. <laughs> Bozix. I think that's right. On July 22nd, uh, I I have uh, familiarity with a lot of different dialects, uh, but sometimes I think the name just leaves me flat-footed. I think he's from Italy. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's a listener from Italy, um, or he's originally from Italy, So, um, but I think you said it right. And uh, so, so happy birthday to all of you. Yes, happy birthday. And Hope you're either getting or giving birthday spankings. <laughs> me too. And if you're not, you know. Let us know. We're going to put a call out there to what area you're in. If We don't like to say last names because we're not sure if it's okay or not. So Yeah, we have decided on that kind of as a new policy. We use last initials if it's a more common first name. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, we probably only have one Azumi listening. Like I know that, yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, Aaron and Belinda are okay if I use their first last names. And Hank would probably be okay with that. We lean towards anonymity. So try to give a little bit of it if, if there's any question. <laughs> So, and if there isn't, then, you know, feel free to let us know before your birthday and we will mention your name in full. So, is there anything else about uh, anything regarding this episode or anything else that you'd like to say to the audience? I just, as always, want to say thank you so much for listening and we really appreciate it. And it's, uh, we've had a, quite a great download last couple of Oh, yeah, we're we're breaking all kinds of records. All kinds of records. And that's that's because of everybody out there. Yep, that's thanks largely to you guys recommending the show to your friends. I consistently get emails from people, private messages, mm-hmm. saying a friend of mine told me I had to listen to this. And we we really appreciate that. It, it validates that, A, we're doing a show that's good enough that people want to tell their friends about it, but, you know, also that those friends, they're then raising their hands and saying, well, you know, we love it. So uh, positive feedback is always appreciated. And the feedback that we get on this show in general, even though we're interested in any feedback that listeners have, but uh, the feedback that we tend to get is about 99.5% to pull a statistic out of the air. Uh, very rarely do we have any negative feedback. And uh, thank you to everybody that's been patient with me, not being on Facebook or tweeting a lot. I'm trying to get caught back up on my tweets. So uh, I just had a lot going on the last couple of weeks. And, I'll uh, tweet you. <laughs> I hope you Give do. Give your nipples a couple of tweets. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wait, no, those are tweaks. Sorry. <laughs> well, Sorry, we can, damn little blue bird. You know, it's quite should, all right. Maybe I should put a blue bird on your nipple and train it how to squeeze with its claws. and pinch uh, No, I think that's quite all right. What kind of blue bird is trainable? <laughs> Anybody familiar with a bluebird that's trainable? Maybe a parrot, but a parrot's got pretty big claws. Parrots talk. Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, that tongue might feel good as it's talking. Oh, I don't I mean, know. 
No, but it, you know, if I could train a parent to say whatever I wanted it to. Oh, would we all be in trouble or what? I no, would can, be. Can you imagine how much fun I could have with that? Mm-hmm. We could have another person on the podcast, the bird. <laughs> so seriously, I want to thank everybody for, you know, being so patient. I ended up doing another charity event that I wasn't expecting and then uh, had a family member pass away. So I, so thank you so much for being patient. So it's that time again. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Please feel free to join in the conversation by posting anonymously on sexualdarkage.com, emailing jvaltheros at gmail.com, or getting a hold of Shara and I on Facebook, Twitter, FetLife, and several other places online, including our group on FetLife, which are all available through links on the website. And we are always thankful for good ratings and reviews on iTunes. We've been getting a bunch of them lately, and we are climbing up the rankings, and that really helps get the show out to more listeners. Not quite sure what we'll be talking about next time. I got a couple ideas, but uh, I may have some more erotica for you guys, and I may have another interesting topic. So I'll figure that out over the course of the next few days, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Until then, this be me, J.V. Authoros, reminding you that sex is one of the greatest things in life, and there is always room for better.